Welcome to the Prayers of Rest podcast. I'm your host, Ashrita Chuchu, and by now you know that this is our bonus interview as we go through praying through hard emotions. And if you've been enjoying the season, if you've been enjoying the, the bonus interviews that have come along, I would love for you to take a moment and let us know. Either leave us a voice message by going to prayersofrest.com and hitting that leave a message button or you can leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. We would love to hear from you that way too. This week we got to hear the story of God's faithfulness in the midst of guilt in the life of Trillia Newbell. Trillia is an author of multiple books, including several children's books and Bible studies and books on faith and freedom. As well as the Bible study on Romans 8, which we talk about a little bit in this interview and even more in the extra segment in our Patreon prayer partner community. Um, I'll tell you more about that later. But as we start this, what's interesting to note is you'll hear why Trillia thought she was not a good fit to be a guest to talk about this topic. And you'll also hear why I invited her on anyway and how the conversation just blossomed into a a spirit-led sharing of how God works in our lives in the midst of conviction and godly sorrow and what that looks like and and how God worked in her life to the point where um, it ends in such a beautiful place. So I hope you make time today, settle in, whether you're folding laundry or you're walking the dog or you're sitting in the carpool line. Um, I hope that this story of God's faithfulness is an encouragement to you. So let's dig in. Trillia, as you and I were emailing back and forth on this topic of guilt, you shared that it's not something that you struggle with these days anymore, um, but it was something that was a heavy burden to carry before you came to follow Jesus. And so I would love for you to share that story with us today. And to get us started, would you maybe describe where you were maybe in that year or two before you uh, encountered Jesus? What what did life look like for you? Yeah, well, life probably looked like what life looks like for everyone else. I was had just finished my senior year of college, or I was entering, that's right, I was entering my senior year of college, and I was um, dating a guy that I, and we we had a um, unhealthy relationship, and I was just kind of doing my, living for myself, doing my own thing, pursuing what I thought was the best uh, for my life, and overall just unsatisfied, but it was but it, I wasn't aware of of sin to a certain degree. I would. It was interesting. I, a girl shared the gospel with me at the age of nineteen, and she and I would meet every now and then. And I, there was something I felt some sort of guilt because I knew that the the, the various ways I was living and the things I was doing were wrong in the world's eyes. They wouldn't. Have, I was probably a good girl, but I knew that there were there were aspects of my life that weren't good but and and so every time I would meet with her I, I would sense that sense that and I would confess something but I didn't know I was confessing does that make sense like I wasn't a Christian so I didn't have the language for that 
but I would feel that heavy guilt and I would say, ah, I messed up again. I did this or that. And she would share the gospel over again to me. And so, and so my life, it, it, it looked rather ordinary, except for I was just living for myself. And so, um, and it wasn't until the age of 21 that, and after a broken engagement and just not humbling me, that I came to her church and I heard the hymn Rock of Ages, you know, that hymn where Rock of Ages, uh, wash me savior or I'll die. I remember that verse. And <clears throat> it's at that moment that I gave my life to the Lord. And I was pretty excited. I mean, in other words, I didn't at that moment feel guilt. It felt like this burden was lifted off, but then it came back, which I'll tell you about in a sec. But, but that is, a, guess what my life looked like leading up to that point. Hmm. Yeah. So take us to kind of that transition from feeling like the burden is lifted. This is incredible. The gift of forgiveness to maybe some of that settling of the, of the guilt coming back in, because this is something that I hear quite often from our community is that the, there's a guilt carried over oftentimes from sins committed a long time ago, sins that maybe were confessed, uh, sins that were repented of and left behind, and yet the guilt trails us throughout the years. I would love to hear what did that look like early on for you? Yeah, so early on, what it actually looked like is the more <laughs> the more that I learned about God's holiness, the more I saw my sin. So it wasn't as much as carrying over because because I wasn't doing some of the things that I was doing before. It was this real clear awareness of the depth of my sin. Like, whoa, wait a minute. So I'm, I'm, they were like shot through with sin. What does that mean? Like everything is everything I do sinful. That was that anxiety that kind of, and so I, what I wasn't understanding was one repentance, but also grace. I had no real I understood that I was saved by grace through faith, but I didn't understand that you walk by grace too. <laughs> and so that grace is, I mean, you have to live by faith and live by and receive his grace daily. And so then all of a sudden it was all up to me, which of course leads to what? Legalism. So I was like burdened, burdened the after the Gosh, the first few years of salvation, I was just trying to make sense of how I could be pleasing to the Lord. And, and, and it took really a knowledge of who he, who he, all of who he is, right? He is holy. That's true. But that's why Jesus came. And so understanding all of who he is in that, um, it's, it's his kindness that leads us to repentance. But also I had to learn that um, he finishes the good work he began, right? That, that yes, I, there is a act of faith and work. Faith without works is dead. I need to do good works, but it's because of a transformed heart, not in order to transform my heart. And so there were these little bitty lies that I was believing that the Lord was kindly correcting as he revealed more of himself to me. So you're really talking about someone who did not know God. Like 
not in, I, I didn't grow up in church. So it was a complete learning of who he is. Um, and, and the Lord just kindly revealed himself. And as he revealed himself, I began to understand forgiveness and grace in better ways. I began to, in greater ways, I began to understand that sanctification is a process. I'm going to, I'm still, for the rest of my life, I'm going to be battling sin and have to ask for forgiveness, which, man, has that transformed the way I parent. But that's another conversation. But anyway, <laughs> but it's it's just been such a, a gift that the Lord, he so kindly was patient with me to reveal, wait a minute, nope, nope, nope. What you're believing about me is only halfway true. Here's the whole truth of who I am. And it's so much better. Mm-hmm. And so I I think just like sanctification, my knowledge of God was growing. And so I I just didn't fully get it until I just dug more into who he is. And I just want to say for anyone who's listening, I still am digging. I'm still learning. I'm still growing, which I think makes sense because I think we're we're just not going to exhaust our knowledge of him. There's so much to learn. And that to me has been also a blessing. Um, just to know that I don't have to arrive and I don't have to have all knowledge that I'm growing. And that um, is part of grace and receiving his grace. There's so much richness to unpack there and and so much I want to dig into, but I just kind of wanted to touch on something you said and make sure that uh, listeners are hearing this, that it is God's kindness that leads us to repentance. It is not his anger. Yeah. It is not his disappointment. It is not him crossing his arms in heaven and saying, I can't believe you did that again, which I mean, I think we should talk about parenting maybe in a, <laughs> a, an extra segment in Patreon, because how many of us grew up in families and us as parents, like I'm over here raising my hand, like I'm guilty of this, right? I'm guilty of rolling yeah. my eyes at my kids and being like, how yeah. many times have we talked about this? <laughs> Um, and I think we impose that image on God. Like he must mm-hmm. be so disappointed with me because I did this again. And and instead latching on to the truth that God knows our nature. God knows mm-hmm. that we are but dust. And it is his kindness that invites us to be truthful and honest about our brokenness. I love this verse in Isaiah um, I was just meditating on it last night, sharing it our our, our um, community group in our local church. Um, that in a season of of brokenness in my own life, what brought me hope is one, um, the passage where Jesus says that there is more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner than repents that repents than ninety nine who think they don't need any repentance. And I latched onto that word joy. There is joy in heaven. When we admit our sin, and like you said, not just that one time when we say, God, I need you for eternal salvation, but every single time we confess our sin, there is joy in heaven that we are availing ourselves of the gift of repentance and forgiveness. And then this verse in Isaiah that says, um, this is the one who I esteem. This is the one that I look to, is the one who is broken and contrite in spirit and trembles at my word. 
this is a picture of a gentle and loving father who wants what's best for us and is mm. inviting us to repentance, not because he's angry at us and not because we've disappointed him, but because he wants us to experience the joy of his forgiveness, the lifting of that burden. And so truly, I wonder two things. Um, I want to come back to the lies that you said that you were believing about God. Could you identify um, maybe just a few of those lies that you were believing and and what are some counter truths that have helped set you free? Well, frankly, you just said them. And so, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, you were, you, as you were talking about how, what, God is not a tyrant. God is not wringing his hands. God, you didn't use those words, but those are the words that I would have considered and thought, thought, oh, God is so over me. <laughs> but that's not, God is God of patience. Um, and I would have thought, I, 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 I thought he was a tyrannical leader ruling over my life and that I was going to just be damned. <laughs> I just... Even though, I mean, I, I understood the gospel at first. And so it was interesting, this battle I had with the character of God. And that really is it. I, the lie was about his character, who he is, his character, um, because, because I only had half of it. So yes, God judges. God is just God. And yes, there is wrath. And he poured it out on his son. And, and so for those who believe, we don't receive that. We, we receive our sins are as far as from the East as the West. He's looking at us as clothed with Christ's righteousness. That's what I had to remind myself. And then another characteristic that the Lord so kindly, uh, so kindly, since we've been talking about parenting, um, revealed to me, and this, what a, a doctrine that is probably my favorite, if I can have a favorite, is the doctrine of adoption. And we've been talking about parenting. And, and I think it's Hebrews 12. I can't remember, but it just talks about how God disciplines the one he loves. He He doesn't treat us as illegitimate children. And that's what I I clung to. I was like, oh, God's my father. When he when I'm when he's revealing sin, it's so that I might be more and more like Christ, not to to help me grow in holiness and um, to reflect his image to a dying and broken world, it's not punishment. And so that I think is something else that as I grew and understood better the character of God, understood, oh, which we've already mentioned a, a couple of times, it's his kindness that leads us to repentance. It's It's good. We're growing more like the Lord. It's sanctification mm-hmm. and it's not punishment. And it's, it's actually freedom. Like I kind of think of, I think it's first John where it talks about how when sin is in the light, because God is light, that this is a good thing. So there's freedom there. So I want to, I think those are some of the lies that I was believing and the, the things that the Lord was teaching me about himself that helped um, me combat those lies that I was believing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and I want to highlight something that you said that I think is just, oh, it's just a gem. It's that, you know, what changed my life was, and I'm waiting for this like life-changing moment, right? And you're like, 
the doctrine of adoption. <laughs> and I love that because I think many of us grow up with this idea that um, Christian doctrine and theology and deep study of scripture is something that is for the elite few. It is for the pastors who sit in the pulpit. It is for the theologians who are in seminary. Like they are the ones who ought to know these things so that they can pass it on to generations. And yes, I hope they do. Like (laughs) we would want that from people in that position. And yet we are all theologians. We all Mm -hmm. like theology simply means the study and the knowledge of God. And like you and I just talked about, there are lies that we believe about God and they have very real implications on our daily life. And so the study of scripture, the reading and meditating and praying scripture, like we do here on the Prayers of Rest podcast, taking time to be still in God's presence and to allow his spirit to talk to us and to show us what he wants revealed to our hearts about that passage of scripture. That is all the, the, that is the practice of theology. (laughs) That is where the doctrine of adoption ceases to be some abstract idea that you write a 30-page paper on, and it becomes living and breathing within us, transforming the patterns of our thinking, renewing our minds. Um, And as you can tell, I'm getting just a little bit, like, riled up about this because I hear every day from people saying, I know I should read my Bible more. I know I should be praying more. And I want to. I just, I can't. I, I don't have time or, or I don't know how to do it. And those are, A, legitimate excuses because I have used those excuses too. But I think the way we uproot those is by recognizing the value of spending time with God. That is not just something that we check off the list so that we don't feel guilty so that God is impressed with us. (laughs) Rather, it has real life application to how we live. And so I would love to hear from you, where did did that transition happen? Um, And of course, it's over time. (laughs) It's over years that we go from believing lies to replacing them with truth. But I wonder if there is um, a significant moment or a conversation that you could point to to say, this is when I recognized the growth, how far God had brought me. Gosh, I love that question. And, you know, it's the funny answer is going to be yesterday. (laughs) (laughs) When you sent the when you sent the request to talk about guilt, it's then that I realized that I don't struggle with guilt. And I was like, whoa, wait a minute. What am I going to talk about? And I don't, this isn't a struggle. Praise the Lord. Yes. <laughs> because it, I don't think I had realized that it isn't something that I ongoingly struggle with, that I had been freed from that struggle years ago. And I think what it is, isn't that I magically, all of a sudden, there wasn't a one moment I think it's daily repentance, reminding myself, oh, wait, I have someone to go to. Also, I have a way of escape. I don't, I can say no to sin. So I think those reminders that I, and practice daily, like daily helps guard against guilt. Cause if I think this is in, okay. I think what happens and why some are feel guilty and why I did Shame and guilt often keeps us from going to the source where we can receive forgiveness. 
mm-hmm. where we can receive grace. We don't, we feel guilty. So we hide. Mm-hmm. We don't think, we pull away. So I think what's happened is that I have, over time, I keep running to him rather than pulling away. And that relieves guilt. Isn't It seems, it seems counterintuitive. But when you when you run to the source who can actually give the grace and forgiveness and take the burden away, then your burden is light. It it's lighter. You're casting it to the right person. So, I think over time that's what's happened. And I was really astonished by this revelation, but also grateful that God has worked that in my heart. That I've I've I also, I do, I will say this also, I do believe that because God knows all, sees all, he already knows. And that is something else that I, I, I've kind of preached to myself. Hey, my sin, even if I think it's hidden, it's not, he knows. So I'm going to go ahead and just tell him about like, like, I'm sorry and ask for forgiveness and repent and turn and change and ask for his grace to do that. Another thing that I've also recognized is that um, I, I think kind of understanding a real a realistic picture of myself has helped. If you remember the beginning of this conversation, I said, I thought I needed to be perfect, basically. I was like, oh, I see the depths of my sin. Oh, no. Well, now I'm like, yeah, what's going to save me? from this body of sin, thanks be to God, Christ Jesus, I'm joining you, Paul, because I'm, I, I see it more clearly. And I, so I see my need where before I saw it and it, it brought an ungodly fear of the Lord. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. That's a lot I just said. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> so I, I want to get super practical here and then I'm going to um, ask you to pray for listeners who might feel a burden of guilt. Um, And so what I'm hearing from this whole conversation is, one, when you feel a burden of guilt, be honest with God about it. Like, don't pull the old Adam and Eve trick with your fig leaves. Like, it's not going to work. Um, And yet instead, run to the one who can offer forgiveness. I love that you brought that imagery up, who can lighten your burden because he's the only one who can do it. Um, I think, and and just with that, that is why the Praise of Rest podcast exists. That is why we are doing this season of praying through hard emotions. And so if you haven't yet listened to Monday's episode, Praying Through Feelings of Guilt, um, I want you to pause this and then go back, listen that, spend 10 minutes bringing those burdens of guilt to him and receiving the forgiveness that he wants to offer to you. So that's one is, is pray, not just as a Band-Aid Christian answer, (laughs) but as a lifeline that we cling Mm -hmm. to. I think another thing that has come up in our conversation is how essential it is for us to um, examine our thoughts, especially the lies that we believe about God and hold them up to scripture and say, what does the Bible say about Mm. this? Is this who God really is? And then replace those lies with truth about God's character. We are all theologians and we are all in process of getting to know God more and better. 
And then the third thing I heard you say, Trillia, is to be honest about ourselves. Like we are not perfect. And yet by the grace of God, when he looks at us, he sees the righteousness of Jesus Christ. He looks at my day, at my failures, at all of it. And he is not disappointed with us because he sees the perfect life of Jesus Christ. And so the process in 1 John 1, that when we confess our sin, that is for our joy. That is for our benefit. That is for the relieving of the burden of guilt. Um, And so that is why it's so important that we're honest with God about those hard emotions. Um, Trillia, something else you brought up that we're not going to be able to talk about right now, but we're going to record it for an extra segment for our Patreon partners, is um, the difference between godly sorrow that leads to repentance the the rightful conviction of the spirit in our lives and what a gift that is versus uh, worldly sorrow and and guilt that leads to death it, mm-hmm. spiritual like emotional death it leads to despair and hopelessness and um, I'd love for us to talk a little bit about how we can tell the difference between the two and what to do when we feel that worldly sorrow that that burden of guilt um, how can we discern which one it is, and how can we move toward um, that gift of of forgiveness and a light burden with Jesus. So I'm excited for us to record that extra segment. Um, If you're not yet a member of our prayer partner community, um, stick around after this interview. I'll I'll share how you can be a part of it and join us. But Trillia, thank you for being on. I would love for you to pray for listeners who might feel that heavy burden of guilt today. And they want that freedom. They want that forgiveness. They want that lightness that Jesus has to offer. Would you Mm. pray for us? Yes, absolutely. Well, Lord, we just thank you for who you are. You are our shepherd, our good shepherd. You are holy. You're just, you're set apart. Yet you invite us to draw near to your throne of grace in our time of need to receive mercy and to receive help. God, thank you. Jesus, thank you. So God, I just want to pray for all of us who carry around a weight of guilt. God, um, it's a a heavy burden that we were not meant to carry, Lord. God, I pray that we would cast our cares onto you. Thank you that you thought to write and to have it written in the scriptures that if we confess our sins, You are faithful, you are just to forgive us, to purify us, um, that we receive righteousness. So God, we confess we don't need to hide. We don't need to, to pretend. We don't need to fake it. We can be honest and we can be real. God, because you, you love us because of Jesus and you've covered us with grace and with righteousness because of Jesus. So Lord, we can come to you and Lord, we do. We come to you, we confess, we repent, we turn. God, we cast our cares onto you. Thank you that our sins are as far as from the east is to the west. God, that you do not count them against us. (laughs) God, that you do not remember them. Lord, that's what your word says. So Lord, we thank you for that. We rest in who you are. Thank you, Lord, that we don't have to earn our salvation, that you have given it to us freely. It's a free gift. So, Lord, we rest in that. 
So God, I pray for every person listening that that heavy burden is lifted. God, that they would know you and your character and your fatherly love, that they would know you in your um, righteousness, God. They would know you in deeper ways, that they would run to you and receive your grace. And it's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Now, friend, if you have been carrying the heavy burden of guilt in your life, I hope that you make time this week to go back and listen to our prayer episode on praying through guilt, that you would release that burden to the Lord and receive in exchange the forgiveness and the freedom that he offers us when we bring our guilt to him. And as I mentioned, we do have an extra segment that Trillie and I actually kept talking almost as long as we did in this interview, and it was so good. We could probably have just kept talking for hours, but we didn't. It's about 20 minutes, and we talk about um, what we have learned in parenthood, specifically how Trillia has learned to apply the, what God's been teaching her about grace and freedom from condemnation as she parents her children. And we also talked about how to distinguish between godly sorrow and the Spirit's conviction in our lives um, from both a sense of, of guilt that we can't shake and also a sense of um, false liberty. <laughs> uh, you'll have to listen to that to, to hear. Um, it, it was so edifying and I'm still thinking about it even though the conversation's been over for a while. So um, that's in our Patreon prayer partner community. You can join us if you haven't already. Just go to prayersofrest.com backslash Patreon. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N. And also coming up here soon, we have our live prayer call. That's also for our prayer partners. So that's going to happen here December 8th. At 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, you can find all the details for that prayer call, how to log in, how we can see your lovely face, and um, a place for you to share your prayer requests. All of that in our Patreon prayer partner community. So again, that's prayersofrest.com backslash Patreon. And if you'd like to learn more about Trillia and her Bible studies, I really do encourage you to check out her one on Romans 8 especially. It's called If God Be For Us. Um, Such a good study, and it's out from Moody Publishers. You can find out more about her and her books at trillianewbell.com, and that will be in our show notes as well. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast and for sharing this with your friends. I love seeing you sharing and tagging me on Instagram the way that you are inviting your friends to push back against the darkness and to experience the light of Jesus as we bring these hard emotions to him. What a gift it is to invite our friends to experience the rest found in God's presence. So thank you so much for for all that you're doing to spread the word about this podcast. The Prayers of Rest podcast is a production of One Thing Alone Ministries that is helping you enjoy Jesus through creative spiritual habits. As always, a big shout out to our Patreon prayer partners whose generous financial giving brings you this podcast each week. Also, thank you to Angie Elkins for her editing assistance and Kendra Stanton for scheduling and producing this show. 
And thank you for joining us here today. Seriously, I could not ask for a better listenership community and prayer partners in this work. I'm so, so grateful for you guys. Until we meet again, may you find rest in God's loving presence.